Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. Today my guest is Dr Derek Henlander, who's originally from Northern Ireland and he's now in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Or should I say good afternoon? <laughs> Would you tell us your background, please? Um, as you can hear from my accent, I'm originally from Belfast in Northern Ireland. I came to America on a fellowship to Stanford University in California uh, with the original intent of returning to Ireland. Uh, they offered me a job at Stanford, so I, I stayed. And I've been here for 40 or more years. Um, I became interested in um, ME-CFS, um, myasgocephalomyelitis, or chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, because on a return visit to Belfast, I met with a childhood friend um, who suffered from ME-CFS. And I said, uh, how are you, um, Stephen? He said, terrible. And I said, uh, the worst possible um, statement I could make to an ME patient. Oh, but you look fine. <laughs> um, the, why is this the worst possible statement? It's because basically it infers the idea that you don't believe that the um, person is sick. Uh, so I said, what, what do you mean you're not well? He said, I suffer from ME, my myelitis. I said, what's that? because um, I'm talking about um, 30-odd years ago. Um, a lot of doctors actually um, were not um, uh, cognizant of uh, ME. So he said, um, you're, you're working at Stanford University, actually. Uh, you're uh, working in virology. You should know, actually, about this because it has, actually, um, a relationship to um, viruses, um, there are uh, the original um, idea was that this was a post-viral fatigue um, and was discussed by uh, Melvin Ramsey uh, uh, in London. I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. And he, uh, Stephen said, um, well, go back to Stanford University and um, uh, find a cure for this. Well, I went back. Uh, to um, Stanford and lo and behold um, I, I was seeing patients in the clinic and one of the first patients I saw on my return uh, was an ME patient so it was actually perhaps written in the stars that I should become involved and um, I became interested in ME CFS uh, and we've been working on research for diagnosing, uh, diagnosis and treatment of this disease for many years. And of course, one of the uh, topics uh, today um, uh, is low-dose naltrexone, 
which has been actually uh, so one of the um, methods of treatment that has been investigated. We believe actually that this is an immune system uh, dysfunction uh, and the immune system dysfunction uh, uh, has a reaction uh, in uh, low dose naltrexone. I mean, there are so many patients who have MECFS who find it very, very difficult to get a diagnosis um, and they can have or become ultra sensitive to light, to sound, you know, they lie on the sofa with blankets over their heads and they cannot function. And so many of them go to the doctors and are given antidepressants because it's all in their head. You know, they're just depressed. How do you go about diagnosing these people? Well, we use the Canadian consensus uh, criteria, uh, which were uh, published um, several years ago, which is basically a, a derivation of FICUDA's uh, criteria, uh, which were published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. And uh, they are basically are the criteria that we use to make the diagnosis. Um, the problem actually uh, with uh, this disease, uh, MECFS, uh, is that a lot of doctors, um, including actually um, those in the United States and in the UK, uh, don't believe that the patient is sick because like I um, said earlier, uh, the worst thing actually that uh, one can say uh, to a patient is, oh, but you don't look sick. Uh, and uh, basically that's saying actually that you don't believe that the patient uh, is sick and that they're imagining their symptoms. Uh, the problem actually uh, in MECFS is uh, that they, um, don't have um, a blood test, which uh, you can send off to a lab and say, oh, positive for MECFS. There is no such test. It is basically a series um, of uh, diagnostic criteria uh, that you have got to actually um, uh, determine whether the patient is suffering or not. Um, Melvin Ramsey in 1955 um, in the Royal Free Hospital had the same problem. He actually um, had a cohort of young uh, doctors and nurses who actually uh, f uh, fell ill with unexplained massive uh, fatigue. And um, his um, colleagues uh, at the Royal Free Hospital thought uh, that uh, the uh, cohort of young doctors uh, were suffering from hysteria uh, and actually were imagining actually that they were sick. Um, Melvin Ramsey, uh, brilliant diagnostician, said, no, they're not imagining. There is something that uh, we don't uh, understand here. Uh, perhaps it's a virus. And he thought it was Coxsackie um, B and uh, initially labeled the um, uh, problem as post-viral fatigue, which he then changed to myalgia cephalomyelitis uh, sometime later. Mm -hmm. ME was um, the a derivation of Melvin Ramsey's um, uh, work. Br a brilliant diagnostician. Unfortunately, he died. So once you've managed to diagnose a patient, what is your protocol? How do you go about getting them back onto the road to good health? Well, we actually use um, a series uh, of uh, agents, uh, supplements, uh, that 
uh, act uh, on um, the methylation cycle uh, and certain cytokines uh, in the immune system. And um, the idea is that the uh, methylation cycle in the immune system is uh, uh, disrupted um, and the disruption uh, is caused perhaps by one or more of these viruses. The interesting thing is that with this horrible um, pandemic that we actually are facing uh, worldwide, uh, COVID-19 uh, is an RNA uh, uh, virus, uh, produces what's called long haul um, uh, symptoms. The long haul symptoms are uh, basically uh, symptoms, symptoms which occur uh, after the patient has re recovered from the acute phase uh, of COVID-19. And uh, these long haul symptoms are, guess what? The symptoms actually that um, we see in MACFS. So uh, the muscle fatigue, brain fog, loss of hair, which is a, also peculiar uh, in MACFS, are, are seen um, in uh, long haul COVID-19. Uh, this perhaps has a um, good omen, uh, if we're looking for good omens in, in COVID-19, in that um, post-viral fatigue, this post-viral fatigue uh, long, in the long haul 19, uh, can add emphasis uh, to patients who have been suffering from MECFS for many years, because now people actually um, cannot uh, close their eyes and say, well, these people are, 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 aren't sick, they're imagining it, uh, as they have uh, done with MECFS for many years. And how long would it take for you to sort out a patient to get them feeling more like themselves? Is it a long road? I, I wish I could say uh, it's a matter of uh, a short period of you give patient a supplement and lo and behold, they're the better. No, it's, um, it is. Unfortunately, the immune system is obviously highly complex and, uh, and uh, is very difficult to actually rectify. And by giving supplements, it's not actually an immediate uh, process. It's um, uh, a long-term uh, problem. Giving uh, LDN actually uh, hopefully can produce uh, positive results, but it does not happen immediately. It's a long-term um, uh, process of actually rectifying the immune system. So for those people that are watching that do have ME-CFS, is the hope that one day they will be able to function again as before? Oh, yes. I've actually had several patients actually who um, have um, recovered from um, massive uh, problems in ME-CFS. Um, uh, the classic um, uh, patient uh, uh, that I had uh, recover uh, initially actually um, had to, uh, the patient actually um, lived in a darkened room without actually any uh, uh, noise. Uh, the patient actually um, uh, with uh, treatment actually uh, recovered, uh, was a well-known author and uh, has actually uh, written uh, a new book, which actually um, received um, great acclaim. It was not an ME-CFS book. It was on actually um, uh, science. 
So pushing you here for a, for a timeline, you know, would people expect to start feeling better in, you know, six months, 10 months, a year? It seems to actually uh, bear a relationship to how long the patient's actually uh, had the disease before diagnosis. If the patient actually has had the disease for a relatively short period, the turnaround time seems to be um, uh, better uh, uh, in terms of uh, length uh, of time between uh, diagnosis and um, recovery. So a lot of patients have had this disease for years, if not decades. Uh, that actually seems to actually um, take a longer, longer time to, to reverse. However, um, good news is even for patients actually who have had this um, problem for decades uh, can actually um, return uh, to uh, a productive life. We've actually had patients actually, um, uh, the classic um, uh, time for uh, catching this disease is classically um, from uh, uh, early 20s to uh, 55. Uh, predominantly uh, female, 75% um, of the patients are female. Um, the uh, idea uh, is that patients actually uh, cannot actually uh, catch the disease um, uh, if they're young. That's untrue. We've actually had um, young um, boys and girls actually who have uh, suffered from this uh, disease. Um, and we've actually had um, some uh, elderly patients actually uh, with, this, with this disease. So if we have any listeners who think they might have CFS, ME, but they're not taken seriously by their own doctor, what is the, your advice to those people? Well, uh, let me let me say what, uh, uh, the, let me put the reverse. Uh, uh, NICE, N-I-C-E, which is um, a, a UK um, a scientific organization, uh, originally came up with the idea uh, that um, the treatment of this disease should be uh, graded exercise therapy, GT, uh, or, or basically uh, change the mentality uh, of the patient. Uh, because they actually had a negative uh, attitude um, to uh, the disease. Uh, graded exercise therapy has now actually been shown to be detrimental uh, to the disease. And actually uh, NICE, N-I-C-E, uh, which is the second uh, phase that uh, NICE um, suggested um, uh, to try and actually change the mentality of the patient is ridiculous because the patient actually wants to get better. It's not a matter of the patient actually has got a negative um, uh, attitude. The uh, idea is the patient wants to get better and it doesn't need actually uh, to have a, psyche, a psyche, psychiatrist actually uh, tell them uh, that they're imagining a disease. They know actually they have a disease and they're not imagining it. I think that's actually a very sad uh, that um, St. George's Hospital actually um, propagated NICE um, to um, uh, come up with, the, with this idea. Do you have any further advice that you can give people before we finish? Well, uh, there, uh, Jared Younger at the University of Alabama in Birmingham uh, started actually uh, an LDN um, study 
which is supposed to uh, finish in August uh, uh, this year. Uh, hopefully, actually, uh, before the end of the year, um, he will publish actually uh, the outcome of the LDN study. Uh, the idea is that um, he wanted to actually determine um, LDN's effect uh, on cytokines, IL-1, IL-6, IL-12, IL-17, TNF, uh, uh, tumor necrosing factor, um, and it, uh, he actually uh, should actually have um, this, this paper actually um, should be actually uh, quite informative. Um, we believe actually that uh, LDN acts on, on uh, TLR4 perhaps uh, in the microglia uh, in the brain. Uh, and actually um, it's from there and also uh, in the immune system uh, methylation uh, cycle uh, that uh, the LDN actually plays in effect. Um, we uh, encourage actually our patients to contact us. Uh, because um, there's so so much um, uh, unknown in this in this disease, and that um, we uh, would like to actually uh, try and keep patients actually um, abreast uh, with their new development. Well, we find that people with CFS ME are sensitive to all drugs, and that usually includes LDN as well. And they have to start quite um, low, as in an ultra low dose, not you know around about the one point five mark. Has that been your experience? We've had patients actually who start actually at half a milligram, mm -hmm. building up to uh, three point five, which is basically our standard dose. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there are patients actually who cannot tolerate um, three point five initially uh, as a, the initial dose. Mm -hmm. So we start them off very low and actually um, then uh, uh, add uh, to the dose, start, starting at half a milligram, uh, building up to 3.5 milligrams. Mm -hmm. Well, what can I say? Thank you very much for having joined us today and sharing your experience of CFSME. My pleasure. And I thank you very, very much for actually uh, helping uh, patients and helping doctors help patients. It's actually, um, I think, very worthwhile. Thank you, you very much. This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.